Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Wings, Beers, and Tears. I believe this is episode 18 already, gentlemen. And we are going to get right to it tonight. We are like professionals. Dude, it's so good to have substance. We, we are now on a time clock, ladies and gentlemen. We are at a very strict time clock. We have a very serious show for you tonight. <laughs> Jerry's over here just seething with stats. He's ready to fucking rock and roll. So, Jerry, how are you this evening, sir? I'm fine. How is everybody doing? Great. I've never seen Todd so full of it. I have a whole <laughs> bunch of research I have done. I had a bunch of things written down, printed out, and where are they? On my desk at work. Ah, perfect. So, but you, know. you have a you have a cracker jack memory, Jeremy. So I trust in your ability to just it's pull some stats right out of your ass. Very cracked and, <laughs> and very jacked. Yes. So we're going to line it up tonight with uh, some Ravens talk, a little recap and Ravens talk. We're going to uh, unfortunately dive into the Redskins debacle from yesterday. Losers. <laughs> we're going to hit on some of the rest of the NFL, and then we're going to talk some college football and the uh, the mighty Terps, Big and uh, finish it off with a little bit of Nats and Caps talk if we got some time. So to the football we go, Mr. Jerry with the Ravens recap. Okay, so the Ravens played the juggernaut, which is... The Miami Dolphins. How bad are they, by the way? I thought they they may be the, the Hurricanes. Wor- they okay. may be the Dolphins. worst Thank team. <laughs> they may be the worst team I've seen in the NFL in like a decade. So bad. So I'm watching the game with my wife, just starting out, and whoever the announcers were is like the B, C, oh, D. Oh, they're way, well down the list. I don't know that. I don't know. I think we could get somebody better than them on the podcast. Right. That's how far down they are. We've so anyway, better. they were saying... <laughs> yeah, we have gotten better. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick was introducing himself to the starting lineman on fra- Friday because <laughs> they had three new guys, and he was like, hey, I'm Ryan, in the huddle. Like, Jesus for, Christ. For prep. So you knew it was going to be bad. <sighs> um, so take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt, recognizing Always that do. it is Miami. Check. But the Ravens won 59-10. to 10. It could have at Damn. least easy been 70s. Um, they, I think they took a victory formation on the two yard line. Um, it couldn't have gone better for the Ravens. Um, I said in preseason that Lamar Jackson has to throw 20 touchdowns. He threw five <laughs> I know. in the first game. Um, it was, was like a video game. It was, was he it? was, it was 17 for 20. It's 85% completion rate <laughs> for 324 yards. Math. So he was, he was throwing the ball down the field. It's so great. Um, The long of 83, five touchdowns, zero picks, a quarterback rating of almost perfect at 99.4. Ingram came in, ran for 100 yards, scored two touchdowns. They pretty much ran at will, threw at will. Uh, Lamar Jackson only ran the ball six times, so they won with by throwing. Uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Four receptions, 147 yards, two TDs. Decent debut, hey? And, and his first two catches were touchdowns. And I think that's what they were talking about when it's going to revolutionize uh, the uh, the offensive game plans for the NFL. Because when they went spread, he had safeties on him. And he was made, and it was Minka Fitzpatrick. It wasn't like a, you know, a no-name. That guy played at Alabama, was a first-round yeah, pick. right. 
and he was running by him like he was nothing. Um, Andrews had eight, so obviously um, eight targets, eight catches, 100 yards. Uh, it was nearly a perfect game for the Ravens. Uh, defense did give up 10 points, but, you know, when you're scoring 60, that's not too terribly bad. Um, and so I just thought that you couldn't have asked for a better debut. Um, and they play Arizona next week. I just, you know, they, it lived up to the hype. And I know before we get into it and everybody says, but it's the Dolphins. It's true. But against a professional team when you're 85% completion rate, they don't make him more accurate. He looked accurate in the throws he wasn't making last year. So stellar debut for, for the Ravens. Well said. Good, good recap, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> I will just add that while the Ravens ran it well and passed it well, the Dolphins um, you know, threw up on themselves at will. So, yeah. <laughs> That's putting it kindly. So I actually watched uh, uh, the majority of this game. The thing that impressed me the most, and you, you were dead on with your caveat that it is the Dolphins and they might be the worst team in the league, not this year, in a long time. They're fucking terrible. They are so devoid of talent. It's, it's shocking. However, they're still a pro team, pro coaches, pro players. They have some pedigree on both sides of the ball. Say what you want. It's still the NFL. With all that being said, what impressed me the most, the Ravens absolutely manhandled them up front. They were moving them around on every run and pass play like the Dolphins were standing still. And again, I don't care who you do that against. The Ravens looked organized. They looked well coached. No surprise there. Um, I don't even think they had to show many of their bag of tricks from the offense. I thought it was a very generic rollout. I mean, Lamar the, didn't run. Absolutely. It was wonderful. I mean, they preserved him. They put up a shit ton of points. They rested some starters. Um, and they were probably able to implement some stuff a step up from preseason. But they've got a lot of tricks left in the bag. That could not have gone better for them. Um, Again, we will see how this plays out as the season goes on, but they have more weapons than even I thought they did going in. Um, and, and Jackson does look so much more seasoned and good back there. Again, we'll see how much of a barometer this really is based on you know how bad Miami ends up being. But, hey, if you play a shitty team, what do you do? You stomp them out, and that's exactly what they did. Check out these stats, Jeremy. The Ravens had 643 yards of total offense. It's, it, it, this is like college game stats yeah, right here. It's had, crazy. They had time of possession 40 to 20, <laughs> and they had 31 first downs to 12. You know, the time of possession is actually so impressive because when you score that many points and you have big plays, generally speaking, the time of possession is a little bit closer. Two to one, and you put up 60? Holy shit. Could you imagine being a Dolphins fan right now? I mean, there is <laughs> no reason to go the games. Well, I I'm mean, a Redskins we, fan, we, we so. Complain. I, yeah, but at least <laughs> well, they no, are I don't know if they competent. Have any. Yeah, but at least they have like a nice new stadium down in Miami. It's the Hard Rock Stadium. It's beautiful. You know, looks uh, obviously the weather's going to be great all year for home games. At least that's a draw of some, you know, regard for a day out. Well, we have the first official or existing concrete piece of feces. So, you know, <laughs> Jeremy's in a great mood. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, he is just, he is, he is brimming with confidence and enthusiasm over there. Not to mention positivity. I mean, no, no, but I mean, on a game like this, though, it's hard to really get a feel. It's hard to really evaluate anybody. It's not like Coach John Harbaugh had to make hard decisions, um, but you're right. They did. They did look efficient. They look. Oh, yeah. They obviously look well coached. And I think that's just 
it's just a stable organization. They're going to be there in the end to, yep. to, to go to the playoffs and, and make some noise in the playoffs. And what I love is they started that game with no frills, simple off-tackle play to Ingram. What he busts out for 60 yards, I think. Right, and, I mean, right again, the they just blew him right off the line of scrimmage and never looked back. And that, that's exactly what you do if you're better. And they did it with no frills, no, no big uh, celebrations. You know, flip the ball to the ref, like, let's do it again. I mean, it's just good shit right there. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. I try to check him out one more next week because I want to see what that offense is about. Obviously, the numbers are there, but I want to I want to see a little bit about what they're doing because it, it sounds like they did what they were supposed to do in a game they dominated. I mean, yeah, we're making fun of Miami, but they didn't just go beat them 27 nothing. They beat them 59-10. Exactly. That's, that's impressive. Now, so while, while we're on the Ravens, the rest of that division was interesting yesterday. <laughs> Pittsburgh sucked. Uh, Jerry, speaking of throwing up all over yourself, that. boy, did Mayfield uh, oh, eat his work. You called that, Jerry. You, you said he was going to be overconfident and cocky, yeah. and they, they weren't well, going to be very good. I mean, you know, it is Cleveland. But mm-hmm. That's it right there. It's Cleveland. Go it's ahead. Cleveland, <laughs> and they came in cocky, and this is probably the best thing for them, though. They came out, they got, you know – the worst thing for them is to play ugly but to win mm. and think that they're still good. Right. right. They right. got embarrassed. I mean, it wasn't even close. Mayfield was terrible. And so I suspect that next week they're going to be a little bit better. Um, but, you know, they have a ton of freaking egos on that team. So, and so bad, many, so um, many prima donnas on that team. And, and these next three games for them are tough. They got at the Jets, the Jets, they should win that game. But then versus the Rams and at the Ravens. So those, you know, they could start off one and three, mm-hmm. and you see where, you know. You see so that was a big game for them yesterday. That was at a big home, game. Tennessee, who's very middle of the pack, and they they got rolled. Um, yeah, getting blown out by somebody who's mediocre. Now, a lot of those points were late. Um, I mean, the last they two picks late. were just yeah. so, so awful. But, but wasn't it already like 28 or 35 when those last two picks happened? Because there was um, a pick six at the end, right? Yeah, they were within they were within ten, I think, in the third quarter. Okay, and then and then it just spiraled very quickly. But out you're of right at home when you have the Rams and the Ravens coming up as two of your next three. Absolutely, you start off one and three. You know, not looking good. Well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of glad to see that, like you said, because that means hopefully that's <laughs> hopefully that's a contender out of the the mix there. You know, in the East, I actually didn't think Cincinnati looked that bad. I thought they went to Seattle and, and, and put up a good fight. Um, and, boy, were the Steelers not so great last night. Well, I mean, they just got steamrolled. Hey, good for me actually picking a couple Steelers players in fantasy and having them just shit the bed. Yeah, God, is that so typical? I, I I was stunned. I'm not stunned they lost. I thought they would lose. But, no, you did. You, but I am stunned they scored three points. But I wonder, like we keep saying, I wonder when all of the change in turnover is going to really come out, come back to bite them. Everybody talks about James Conner. He's not Le- he's not Bell. No, he's not. Everybody talks about Juju Schuster. He's not Antonio Brown when he's mm. sane yep. and on his <laughs> right. medication. Right. Um, he's just not that. He's not as good as him. And they lost a ton of talent. And granted, they were head cases, but you can't lose that talent and just pick it up. Not. I mean, they think they can. But I don't think they can. Well, I, I could not have been more wrong about them. I really thought their defense was going to be much improved. Now, again, New England can make anybody look bad. Right. It's one you know, game against absolutely. the best team in the league. Absolutely. At their place. Correct. Sunday night football on the road, and, and New England just picked up where they left off. However, Tomlin's a really good coach, and, I mean, they, they had no answer from the word go. They hate him in Pittsburgh. 
They they destroyed they hate Tomlin? Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Do you well, think he would ever take the Redskins? Not job? Very smart, so it makes sense. My God, I would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, oh dude, yeah. I would take him any day. There's but, zero chance he has pedigree. There's zero chance he's coming here. Yeah, you think he's gonna put up with Dan and Bruce's bullshit for two seconds? Nah. Hell no. No, he's way too good for that. Nah, son of a bitch. They already have their next head coach, by the way, and he's their offensive coordinator, right. and it's because he's never coached before, and they'd be happy to get the job. You talking about the skins? Oh, yeah, yeah. O'Connell. O'Connell. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. So, so getting back to the AFC, um, it was good to see, you know, it was good to see the Ravens get through pretty much unscathed. I don't think there were any real injuries of note. I mean, a couple things here and there. Jimmy Smith's out. Two weeks, okay. two to four weeks with a, with a knee. All right. But, uh, so up 17 that, points instead of 10 and still win by 40. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so next, year, next week they play Arizona and Kyler Murray in town. So that'll be a tougher chat, tougher test. He started off slow. Um, yeah, but he looked good. He came back. Yeah, he yeah. played well. They yeah, came what back, I saw, so. I thought I was impressed actually with him. Yeah. Hey, I love the tie though. That's <laughs> fantastic. That was that was oh, not so awesome. It's like why do you even play? That was you know what? Impressive. It couldn't have happened to two better teams though. Who did Arizona, they play? Who they played? Arizona and Detroit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so bad. The end of that game yeah, that too. Should have been a tie. You're right. Yeah, in overtime, like each team just you know futilely they giving. Punted. It was so left. great. Yes. George George stormed out of the room. He was like, "Why'd they even play that game?" I was like, "Yeah, well said. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a great question. I was like, Sweet, they can go for it. They're punting. I was like, oh, "Off, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> like they're protecting some like you know sacred record they're gonna have. Ugh. Oh well, uh, it's, it, you know, fun fun first weekend. Uh, you know, of the NFL, um, lots of surprises and and but. You, you can't get too far up and you can't get too far down because it is one week. And the NFL is a very week-to-week league based purely on matchups. And it's amazing how well coaches can scheme and game plan and get themselves up for the next game, you know? Yep. So, you know, each week takes on its own little, uh, you know, soap opera and we see how it all plays out. So any more, uh, any more we have to say on the Ravens other than uh, onward and upward and they look really fucking good? I'll be there next weekend. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, they're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, probably right. So you're not going to the Redskins-Cowboys game? I wouldn't touch that if it was in my backyard <laughs> for free. Oh, and we will go right into uh, the Redskins. Well, Dallas week, boys. Dallas the Burgundy week. and gold. Uh, Dallas is playing a home game next week. You know the good thing about the uh, the local media and fans is no, no one overreacts, though. Arlington, <laughs> Texas. Arlington, Virginia. You know, same thing. The, the uh, you know... The Jay Gruden head on a stick today was, uh, you know, the, the the prevalent theme from every call in show and most announcers and everything else. So here's here's a quick uh, Redskins Eagles recap. First of all, final that? score. <laughs> yep, thirty two twenty seven doesn't look terrible on paper. Yeah, if you had told me last week thirty two twenty seven loss, I'd gone, huh? I take it. And of course, it went down in typical Redskins fashion as we got out to a seventeen nothing lead. What's typical about a 17 nothing lead? Uh, only to lose it very quickly. That's typical. Um, and I was impressed with how the Skins threw the ball down the field. Quick first stat. Again, if you said the Skins were going to score 27 on the road at Philly, Keenan was going to put up 380 yards, I would have said you're crazy. On the flip side, we rushed for a grand total of 28 yards on 13 carries. Uh Insert fart noise right here. Um, if you, and, could, if you could hear crying on, <laughs> on Jeremy's head. weeping off to the side. Um, 
and somehow turned what what was a very statistically dominant first quarter into you know and and uh, <laughs> you know a pipe dream in a heartbeat as the Eagles decided to make some adjustments. Oh, shocker! You know they went to the went to the well and made some adjust adjustments and just absolutely poured it on. Um, and I will say that the final seven points were just garbage time. The, the last touchdown to Jerry's boy Trey Quinn. He does exist, and he now has a touchdown in the NFL. That's Jerry, ridiculous! It is Short. with five seconds left. And oh, he, they, they, they covered. They covered. It. As the announcer said, that touchdown will be important to some. <laughs> yeah, it covered. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So really, it was a 17 nothing game in which we scored three legitimate points after that. Take away the garbage time touchdown, and the Eagles put up 32. And yeah. that's about what it felt like in the uh, from about the middle of the second quarter to the beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty much just you know, a, one-way, uh, a one-way game. I don't think so, but I'll get into that when it gets to, gets to my turn. Actually, go ahead. Jeremy? Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead then. Um, obviously, being up 17 nothing, and then being down whatever it was, 35-7 to 7 or 20 or 30, whatever the hell it was, the 32 points in a row that Philly scored yeah. sucked. Um, but there were a lot of little things that happened that, that made that possible that isn't the typical the Redskins just suck, fire everybody kind of stuff. Um, I mean, penalties, you know, and actually, you know, Todd, I talked to you earlier today a little bit about mm-hmm. it. I didn't think it was that bad. I'm listening to you know Hoffman talk about it a little bit. He was going off on the referees. Um, apparently, Penn had been you know one of the reasons he was so pissed. He had a couple of his holding calls. They were telling him the first half, "Don't go any further. We won't call you. You're doing great." Mm-hmm. He said he did not change a thing, and they started calling him in the second half. Hmm. And then um, there was one that brought back. Uh, I want to say it was a Richardson catch, maybe or something like that. And in 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 Hoffman said that's just that is a textbook block. That's what they say you're supposed to do, not what you're not supposed to do. And he got called. No, I that remember that play. And, that, and and for a team that works on such slim margins, those plays do have a significant impact. I don't want to downplay uh, that that fact. And again, the fact that we were able to spread the field and throw the ball down the, down the field is encouraging because yeah. um, the Eagles' defense isn't bad. And it, even in the second half, as bad as we were. He had McLaurin on a post again, wide open, well, and, just, exactly, and he just yeah. missed him. You know, yeah, I think that play and the Richardson drop, which I'm not sure it was in the same series. It was. It was. It was. One. Yeah. Either way, a couple of, I mean, you know, they had four out of five, three and outs, but <laughs> two were, so one was an so overthrow, great. one was a drop, two were because of penalties. So even if you eliminate the penalties, let's say, you know what, that's going to happen. You can't, that's still, if McLaurin, I mean, or say if Keenan makes that throw, that's a completely different game because it's what, 27-14 skins at that point? I mean, it's it's not the same game. Now, the big, you know, so in other words, I'm actually pretty positive about this game overall. But the thing that killed me was the running. The running game was brutal. What Jerry's, running game? Exactly. Jerry's talked about the lack of run blocking. It couldn't have been more evident. Now, a lot of that is on Philly, but I, you know, I, you know, we'll get into AP probably more in a minute here and that whole thing. But you know, in a lot of ways, I almost think that was the right call. He only had 13 runs anyway. Who gives a shit if he plays? Yeah. I well, mean, you know, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's sure. like there's you know, I can I can go <laughs> ten different ways with how I feel about that decision. <laughs> now I want to hear what Jerry has to say. Oh uh, Jerry, Jerry's been biding his time very patiently. <laughs> Deep breaths, bro. This is gonna be if you would have told me the Redskins would have been out seventeen nothing, Case Keenan would have thrown for three hundred and eighty yards, mm-hmm. McLaren would have Great had 100, debut. 125 yards. Great debut. I would have said they're going to win, right? I mean, three touchdowns, zero picks for Keenum. Keenum played yeah. fabulous. He looked great. I was very impressed with him. And you would have been staked to a 
nothing lead with that defense, I would have said lights out. Me too. Here's what I forgot. They're the fucking Redskins. <laughs> they have a average at best buffoon head coach <laughs> who's a nice guy and I'd like to drink beer with him. And a complete moron as a defensive coordinator coordinator that they tried to replace while he's in the building. <laughs> they were trying to big people. They didn't even have the respect for him to tell him to interview people when he wasn't in the building. They were bringing in, hey, meet your new guy if he accepts a job. Let's hope, right? Yeah, right. Minuski, they just did terrible on defense. I don't know what the fuck happened in the second half. They had Philadelphia just had three scores, three touchdowns, and two field goals on five possessions. Yeah. They couldn't get off the field. They couldn't tackle. They didn't know where to line up. Does anybody think that Deshaun Jackson's going to run deep? Every Where's time. Where's the safety fucking help on that? I know. I, I don't it's, understand. And then, typically, you have the Redskins getting fucking injured. Geis is hurt yep. with his knee. Uh, you know, Allen went Allen down. Allen went down. Yep. He's out week to week. The fucking season is a disaster already. <laughs> I don't understand how you can see this incompetence on defense when you're supposed to have a top... I mean, when you're up 17 nothing and you have a top 10 defense on paper, you got to fucking... Not close the door. It's done. You know, because how many teams on a top defense can score five straight possessions without a fucking punt or a turnover or anything? It's it's just ridiculous. I thought the decision not to put on Adrian to inactive uh inactivate Adrian Peterson was deplorable. What the fuck? Yeah. No, that should be hard for you to say because it's it's it's, you're I, gonna I wait. Really you're that, gonna. His justification today was the lamest piece of shit I've ever heard. He doesn't Wendell shit, Smallwood. So, anybody else? You're gonna activate Wendell Smallwood for special teams when one sixty percent of the fucking kickoffs go in the goddamn end zone. There's no return, and two on punt, sixty five percent of them are fair fucking catches. <laughs> what the fuck do you need a special teams guy for? It would have been nice, given the fact that Darius Geis hasn't played four fucking snaps total in preseason in his entire fucking NFL career to say, hey, he may not be able to go the whole fucking game. You fucking moron. Preach. You have Adrian Keep Peterson going. there. Jesus fucking Christ. It's not Dude, like that guy can't rush for a 1,000 yards. Such a goddamn joke. What the fuck are you awful, thinking? Awful. Even your own players, Morgan Moses, God bless you, you're going to lead the fucking NFL in penalties. I mean, he every, might. He every might. play. But even he says, what the fuck? If you have two, that was the whole point. Have two running backs. You can just interchange them, keep them fresh, and pound them. Now, I know you don't have a good offensive line, and fucking Trent Williams wouldn't help either because he can't run block either. He can pass block, but their pass blocking was fine. But you don't fucking start your third best player on offense and put him inactive for Wendell fucking Smallwood, and he's from West Virginia, and I love him. But he he didn't fucking help at all. Dude, he only played like six plays, and that includes all the special team stuff. I think it was like 19. It was all special team snaps. Yes. I like 19. I heard that number. I was like, I, yeah. I think that they had zero importance, but I think he had 19 snaps. Yeah, so what the fuck, though? You could put Trey Quinn out there if you're going to yeah. kick the ball in the end zone, and he's right. going to down it most of the time. Right. The risk versus the rule. Who's more important? A running back who can come and play. Mm-hmm. If the guy who's ahead of him, who can't fucking make it through a game without getting injured, is in front of him, you know, I mean, Darius Grace is going to get injured every second game. That's just the way it's, it's going to be with him. So, from what I can tell, 
Jay obviously knows they can't run the ball, which is why they didn't even try. So to him, to Jeremy's point, it's like he doesn't even give a shit who's in the game because they can't run it because he's not going to call any running plays anyway. So that's that's one thing. What the fuck? I know. So the second thing that really actually, because I watched the game and laughed as we as we were getting rolled in the second half. I literally sat there and just laughed because I was like, holy shit, I saw this coming. Um, the lack of defensive pressure from the front seven was staggering to me. We got run through like a knife through butter for the first half of the third quarter. By the way, that defense should have been fresh. We had time of possession in the first half. We had a 17, 20-7 lead, and that first series that the Eagles came out, it looked like we had been gassed the entire game. That's unacceptable at the NFL, number one. Well, it's the Eagles. I mean, they're going to do that to 10 teams this year. In the first, yeah. in the first okay, the second maybe. Half, so. Do something then. Fucking get home on third down. Do something. We came with the most god-awful five-and-a-half-man quote-unquote blitz package and sat back in a zone in which the safety looked at the corner and then uh, watched Jackson run right by them. So you didn't get any pressure, and then you didn't play zone correctly. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that's Wentz, and there was one where it was they just straight up said they just fucked up the, the communication and on the second touchdown. So it, it, Same old song and dance. Every fucking yeah, year we I, hear that yeah, shit. Yeah, not at all, but okay. No, I we do. We disagree do. with that. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan had one half sack. I mean, one half tackle. One half fucking tackle. He looked so slow to me. Yeah, well, again, it, it, Todd's point about the first drive of the second quarter is the most frustrating, and that's why I'm totally with you on you saw it coming because how, what do we feel? We love getting that ball to start the second half, right? Love it. Because it's just it's it's like I know it's it's being too optimistic a lot of times, but it's seven points in your pocket. Yep. So that's why as soon as, as, soon as Deshaun got his first touchdown, you're like, well, might as well call it 14 points, so you're only up six. Yep. And that's not good enough against nope. the Eagles on nope. the road. It's just not. And then, you know. like, like Jerry said, they scored five straight possessions. Well, we had three straight three and outs. Well, again, I mean, to nah. me, that's, that's a lot more of a problem to me than it is the defense itself because, yes, the defense is rushed on that first drive. Okay, they sucked. Hey, they were good in the first, pretty good in the first half. Give up one bad drive. And the problem is the offense couldn't pick them up after that. They could not keep them off the field. They were on the field, what, 20 out of the first 22 minutes of the second half? Yeah. I mean, you know, so at that point, instead of, you know, to your point, they, you know, they were, should not have looked gassed on the first drive, but they absolutely were gassed by the last drive. They were. So I, it's rough. All right. I'm going to try to be objective here. I'm going <laughs> to try to calm time. down. Um, <laughs> the Eagles are a better team. Oh, every day. If they played 10 times, they'd win eight and a half, nine times, right? Yep. They, they are a better team. Um, and, they're a better coached team, right? I mean, they, they obviously went in. They Large saw, understatement, yeah, but they yes. Saw, assuming they didn't know what the Redskins were doing, which blows my mind how they couldn't, <laughs> right? But they made adjustments, and the Redskins could not make the adjustments against the adjustments, right? Yeah. They didn't anticipate them. They didn't. It's just coaching. Like Their coaches did a better job, and when they woke up, they're the better team, mm -hmm. right? So objectively sure. speaking. Yeah. And I think it's going to be that way for most of the season because I think most coaches, even dumbass Jason Garrett down in Dallas, who all he does, I think, is smile and hug people. That's his, like, role. I don't I don't know if he does any coaching. I wouldn't mind getting paid, like, $6 million to do right. that. <laughs> Seriously, that's, but, a, that's a good that. gig right you know, there. That, you know, we will get outcoached. And Minuski obviously is overmatched. I mean, he's got talent. He's got talent there. But, you know, Kerrigan doesn't do anything. Cole Holcomb had nine tackles. That guy played pretty well. He played hard. Yeah, know? he played real hard. Uh, so that's what the linebackers are supposed to do. But nobody 
nobody stepped up, and I get it, man. They're on the field all the time, and, you know, Allen goes down. Now you lost a key guy to your rotation, and all of that, it's the same old fucking story. It is. When you draft players who are, have injuries, they're going to get injured, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. he's out. Geis is out for a while. Yep. Um, but I just don't understand how you couldn't anticipate the adjustments. You know, this is where we're killing them. Mm-hmm. We're getting success on these plays. So what if you, I mean, you have to figure Philadelphia is going to adjust to that. So what are you going to do when they adjust to that? And I'm not smart enough to understand what they should have done, but I know they should have done something. Well, they got into a fetal position and sucked their thumb is what they did. They, they, they started feeling sorry for themselves. <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't tackle and they couldn't move the ball. And then they just said, we're a bad franchise. We're supposed to lose. <laughs> Whoa, the fuck is me. Yep. And they gave up. No, we're not disheartened. I'm fucking disheartened. I mean, if you told me the final score and the Redskins would have been tied some of the game and then behind some of the game, okay, you're playing a better team Correct. at their place. But when you have a 17 to nothing and the fans are fucking booing and you have the goddamn mojo, Deshaun Jackson was probably right. They, they probably felt that the Skins are not used to being here and they're going to think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. They don't have the killer instinct because their coach doesn't have a fucking killer instinct. Well, and, and Jay made a great point earlier. The game does come down to those little plays because, again, if McLaurin catches that ball in the third quarter and we go yeah. up 27-14, it's a completely different That's game. That's why I want to disagree about the killer instinct because, you know, Case makes that throw, it's 27-14. Now, but the difference is he doesn't. And on D, we had that's three. Not the, that's not on the coaches, though. No, no, it's not. But at some point, you're in the NFL, you have to make a play. Yeah. Somebody has to make a play. They have to make the play that shouldn't be there. Or the play that's there, execute it. We had three different chances in the third quarter to get home on Wentz. And he slipped out of the backfield, created space. And again, our secondary was like running into each other. There's one play. He slipped a tackle from Kerrigan. Shocker. Um, pump faked, and then Dunbar and Norman ran into each other. And he threw it to Jeffrey, and he, and he got out of bounds. I was like, what the fuck, dude? This is when, awful. When the strength of your team is supposed to be your defense, the other team, I don't care if it's the Patriots, can't score five straight times. They can't score in five straight possessions. Agreed. You have to get off the field on third down. Somebody has to make a play. Somebody has to fucking make a play. Well, that's where, I mean, you guys know I'm not one to, you know, want people fired, but you know, Minuski has not done anything this time here. I don't think it's necessarily his fault. It's just he wasn't ready for this job. He's more of a linebacker's coach, something like that. I, I think Nobody wants the yeah. job. They no got, one wants hey, to work here. In-house, they got Rob. They got guy, exactly. They Ryan, got Ryan and, um, and they got Tim, Jim Tom Sula. Yes. Tim Sula. Both of those guys. Those guys yes. can coordinate. Yes. I would go with Tom Sula. Yeah. The Ryans are buffoons. But All right, well, you let's, see Ryan playing quarterback in practice? That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, he he didn't pass out? <laughs> Maybe, but he's a big catch, boy. But I, you got to check that out. All right, speaking of passing out, let's all catch our breath. Let's take a quick break. Let's refresh our beverages, and let's wrap up our NFL talk and, and some of the things that we saw around the league here Can as I we get into part two. I just Dallas was going to win by 30? <laughs> they looked really fucking good. You may mention that they as played, we come in the after the break. They're better than the Dolphins, maybe. We will see you guys after we take a deep breath. See you in two. Fuck you. One. And welcome back to Wings, Beers, and Tears. Cheers, gentlemen. It is your favorite DMV sports podcast. You can find us on the interwebs at Wings, Beers, Tears. That's our Twitter handle, at Wings, Beers, Tears. You can find the link to our show there. You can find us on Google Play, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. <sighs> All right. I'm going to make it past the fucking year. I'm not going to make it through I this know. year. And I'll tell you what. I am invoking the broken home uh, <laughs> doctrine. 
right? I can do that. My parents got divorced. I lived in a broken home. So I can pick and choose fucking any team I want to root for. And I am rooting for the Ravens. They're my team now. But it's something about the Redskins still fucking piss me off. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I'm not going to make it through the fucking year without my head exploding. It's, uh, I can only hope that just we'll die a little bit each day, and by the end of the year, we just won't give a shit. Uh, that's my that's my hope. I'm just happy I kind of stopped caring about the Redskins about <laughs> 20 years ago. Makes my life easier. Uh, all right. So as we looked around the NFL and watched some other games and, and saw some trends and stuff, um, I, I think we all have our little pet peeves about what we saw, both good, bad, you know, exciting, you know, indifferent, whatever. I will go ahead and start us off. The lack of physicality in training camp, uh, the lack of any meaningful preseason games, means that the first week is your real, honest-to-God, 100% top-speed play, and the tackling in the NFL is a goddamn disgrace. There were so many touchdowns scored yesterday on little bailout, third and goal from the nine. I'm going to throw a screen pass, you know, whatever. We won't turn it over. Next thing you know, breaks a tackle, breaks a tackle, breaks a tackle, touchdown. It's like, what the hell is going on out there? It was awful. Absolutely awful. When you don't tackle during the year anymore, uh, or training camp, then it's going to take a month to get your body hard enough to to be able to tackle with form. Uh, everybody wants to hit. Nobody wants to tackle. Boom. Completely agree. And combine that with the penalties they call when you breathe on somebody and things like that. That doesn't well, that's help true. anything either. But but that's usually for, um, you know, wide receivers coming across the middle and the ball's overthrown and they just crush Oh, them. sure. Or, sure. you know. But that goes to your point. Everybody wants to hit. Everybody wants to throw the shoulder. Nobody wants to get low, wrap up. Because it's not it's not the glory play, but you know what? It saves you know it and, saves drives. It did. And I agree that only a moron would hit every practice. Like only a of moron course. coach would do that. Sure. And I you know you could do that back in the day when the skins would have a hundred people on the roster, right? And they could yeah. hide people so away. So I think Gibbs and Belichick would be the first two guys we want to hit every day. Yeah, but. but that's when they had. Now you have. 53 guys you can play, yep. and actually some of them have to sit, so sure. it's like 40-some. It's 48. Yeah, so you cannot afford – I mean, could you imagine if the Redskins fucking tackled every day? They'd never have a goddamn game. Yeah, they wouldn't play. They, they, would, they would be relying on us like we talked about. Yeah. But that you're right, though. <laughs> That's why uh, there's so, such poor tackling both in the NFL and in college because yeah. they, you know, they just don't, they don't hit. Now with the concussions and – you know, they're having flag football leagues and all that stuff. Right. Um, I mean, the physic- physicality of the game is being taken away. Coupled with the fact that the NFL wants scoring because sure. of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. They want high points and stuff. Yeah, but here you are. You coach JV football. Wrap up, leverage, technique, get them to the ground. Do whatever it takes to get them to the ground. But for God's sake, don't run into him like bumper cars. He's not fucking going down. I'm telling you, man, they teach now this weird tackling thing where it's almost like you do not. I mean, the way I learned it is you look at him in the chest, you keep your head up so Mm -hmm. you don't hurt your neck, right? and you hit and wrap and take to the ground. Mm -hmm. Now they don't hit. They Hmm. just wrap and do this like alligator roll. Hmm. And I'm like, what the? I don't even know how to teach that shit. I'm like, (laughs) no, man, just hit him. You know? (laughs) Because if. The way I the way I feel is if you teach them as I coached youth too, if you teach them young enough, they will learn good technique. And by the time they're in high school, they are going to know how to tackle. Mm-hmm. If you wait until high school to teach them how to tackle and they're 
tackling someone like Jake Funk for the first time, right. they're going to get their neck broken. Yeah, and probably. And their, their shoulder popped out because he runs like a freight train. Yeah. So hmm. it's a... That's an interesting point. Interesting yeah. point. It's All right, so Jeremy, what was your uh, takeaway from week one in the NFL? Well, just on the, the tackling point, it kind of helped Skins out a little bit on <laughs> Vernon Davis's first touchdown. And the reason I'm bringing that up mainly is because, well, it was a complete clusterfuck in trying to tackle him. Like four guys just bounced off. Seriously, as much as we just ragged yeah. on the Skins yeah. D, that, that, that was the, disgusting. The Philly D in the first quarter was a joke, but, too. You know, I don't know. I guess you guys weren't watching at the time. But so he, he comes running back, you know, uh, to the sideline, and he's, he's like, he's hurting. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, another injury. Well, apparently he was so, he was emotional because his grandfather, who raised him, yes. lived with him for fifteen years, just passed away. I think Saturday. Mm-hmm. So he was just. I think he was basically crying by the time he got into the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of it's one of those you know heartwarming stories. You know, absolutely. You know, with all the shit that we hear, yeah. love stuff like yeah. that, so especially wanna, with a good local yeah. down home boy like Vernon. Yeah, and he's, you, know. you know, he's a terp, and you know, shout out to him and his family, and we're you know we're thinking and, about him. And, so. and with the short. Uh, uh, careers that these guys have. That guy's 35 and looks like he's 25. That guy's a he's fucking amazing. machine. They call him 137 dude. years old and still runs a 4-4 in the broadcast. <laughs> he's ridiculous. Uh, all right, Jerry, what was your uh, takeaway from the weekend other than the fact that you're you're going to disown the Redskins and your head's going to explode? I do that every week, by the way. <laughs> Twice. Um, Antonio Brown is a fucking embarrassment to the NFL. Let me break this down for you. <laughs> break it down, Let, Jerry. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. He was a nightmare in Pittsburgh at the end. Right, they were trying to trade him. The New England Patriots offered a first-round pick. The Pittsburgh Steelers said no because they don't want him playing in New New England. Right, they turned it down. That's fair. They then trade him out to Oakland, and they get multiple picks back, including, I believe, a first-round pick and some more. I think mm-hmm. it was just a third and a fifth. Was it a third yeah, and fifth? Because okay. they knew how much of a problem he was. They get a third and a fifth. He goes out there. He signs a fucking deal. I know. Right? Big it's deal. Mo- a, a monster deal. Over three years? Yeah. He immediately comes in. He's a fucking shit show from the beginning. His feet are apparently frozen. How the fuck does that even happen? That's like the first time in the history that's ever happened. <laughs> Never right? seen that shit before. Right? God bless Hard Knocks, by the way. Woo! Cheers Woo! to Hard Knocks. Then he comes in and won't play because his helmet. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They have people who anybody with a brain was saying they have eight years of helmets. Pick one and play with it. And then it comes in, he's not going to play because of the fines. And he calls Mike Mayock a cracker or something like that or whatever. Yeah. yeah that was entertaining at least. Yeah, very mean. entertaining. <laughs> and then he gets cut. And within four fucking hours, he goes to the New England Patriots, the team that wanted him to begin with that he wanted to go to. And if you can't tell me that this was a fucking sham right from the beginning. Now the Patriots get him. They don't have to give up any picks. They don't have to spend $30 million of guaranteed money. They get him for $15 million. And if he leaves next year, they get a compensatory pick. Mm-hmm. And he plays for the fucking team he wanted to play for. Dude, it's it, the rich get richer. So now the New England Patriots, who had the worst fucking receiving core after Gronkowski retired, now they get the guy who's an alcoholic drug addict who can't apparently go six games without testing positive, yet he is reinstated, Josh Gordon, reinstated almost <laughs> yearly because he plays for the fucking Patriots, mm-hmm. right? He scored last night. He looked and, great last night, by the way. And they get Antonio fucking Brown. I know. So now they have Edelman, Antonio Brown, and Josh Gordon. And by the way, that guy Dorsett had like eight for 100. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, that guy looked so great. Go, and I got that guy, they get Brady, and Brady's fucking amazing. I get it. But fuck them. You know, didn't their owner just get busted with a prostitute? Shouldn't that turn the tide? 
yet he's still like the face of the league as far as the owners uh, go. I mean, it, it, I'm with you. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I that's mean, bullshit. The, the mob boss is working for the Patriots and he is pulling all the strings. He has to be. They just get richer and richer every year. Tom Brady is 42. He looks, he looks just so in shape. He looks so composed. It's, 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 a, it, it's a joke. How the NFL allows that shit to happen, though, is amazing to me. I mean, I you know maybe the Patriots didn't know about it. Maybe it was, hey, Drew Rosenhaus, if you can make this happen, we still love to have him. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. But he ain't complaining now about his fucking helmet. Nope. You know his feet are fine. I mean, give it's, it give it a few days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I will eat crow. Maybe no, next week Tom Brady says, "Fucking get this maniac off my team." Maybe he's doing that shit. But my guess is. I, I he's going to fall gonna in line. He's going to be mowing lawns up in New England. Dude, that's he how is good of a that's a good of a teammate. He's he is going to walk in and he's going to fall right in line because that's what they do up there. I would think so because I don't think they would have brought him in if they didn't think they could control him. You but know? you know, to Jerry's point, if they can't, Brady will be like, although, you know what, get this fucking guy out of here. Yeah, you know? I mean, nine million. It, it's not that much. That's what's guaranteed. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, but that you're right. That if that happens, then what I just said is bullshit. <laughs> and he really is just crazy. And it, they, it just worked out that way. But if he comes and he's got no fucking issues after all that shit he did in mm-hmm. Oakland, no, but that's it, bullshit. Know. That's pre-planned. It's premeditated. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I thought you were gonna say it's premeditated murder. No. Like, Jerry, don't no. take it that far. No, it's pre, it's premeditated. That means I'm coming here. I'm gonna get my money that I get, and I'm gonna cause a fucking scene so I can get released and sign with New England. Well, that's what I want to be with anyway. Yeah, just to pile on, because everything you said is is you know it's, it's pretty much spot on. You know, you know the the funniest part to me was the Raiders came out and said he was gonna start on Sunday, and then two hours later they release <laughs> even after What's the, the whole, common you know, denominator thing. a yeah. fucking Gruden. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good call. But I know this. Apparently, to sort of your conspiracy theory, Brown sent an Instagram post out saying, "Please release me." That's how he asked to be released. Yeah, right. yeah, he, yeah. I saw the video when he got released. He was jumping up and down. Oh yeah, no, he was all, like he's full fucking. Yeah, he's head. all fired up. Yep, <laughs> like he just got out of jail. Oh, good lord. Well, okay. all right. Well, that, I think that sums up our uh, NFL talk for week one. Thankfully, the Cowboys look great. They look great. Uh, Cowboys are just going to put one on the Redskins this weekend. It's going to be painful. I mean, Fortunately, home, I won't be watching. At the Cowboys. Home field advantage won't help. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Cowboy Stadium at PG County. Awful. Cement, Awful. fecal, matter stadium. So we recapped the Ravens. We recapped the Redskins. We had our NFL wrap-up. And now we're going to get local and go down a level to college football. And Maryland, we're all behind you. Raise up the black and gold. I'm not going to sing. Yeah, buddy. All right, Jeremy, let's hear it. Let's hear our, our Terps recap. Your newly minted 21-ranked Terps. 21st ranked, not bad. It's been a long time since we've been up there. Since um, 2006. Yeah, well, good stuff. First time ranked in the Big Ten, all that, and all kinds of things you can throw out there. Well, we were out there Saturday. It was a beautiful day. It was a great game. This is two weeks in a row where you almost don't know what to say, you know, in terms of how good they were. But, um, you know, Having a you know Jackson back there at quarterback, you know he's got the experience. It feels like when he throws a ball away, never a bad play from him. Um, you know, one or two you know loose you know throws here and there, but you know you can't complain about that. Even the defense showed up, which is we're not used to with teams around here. No, um, true. Ant Mac three touchdowns, you know two in the ground, uh, you know one receiving. Leak busted out a sixty plus yard. It was something we been waiting for this season. Uh, you know, I this I almost don't know what else to say. 
Uh, everybody's involved. All four running backs play. Jake Funk, you know, our, our boy here from you know Damascus, had a 92-yard drive all by himself. I think he's about to throw up. He ran so ran so <laughs> many plays in a row, and uh, you know, just happy, happy to see it. What do you guys think, Jerry? If I was Pegram, if I coached him right now, I'd say, son, go on that fucking bench, and don't call me unless I call you. Don't even stand next to me, Todd. He should not play a down. If he plays a down, <laughs> something happened. You have one quarterback, his name's Josh Jackson, and you're riding his ass all the way until he gets injured. You are not wrong. You so, are not wrong. But he did play. I, I, still was, I was very last week I said that this is the game where not, you know, it could have been it could be a special season or a not special season. And not only did they now, Syracuse is probably a little overrated, and they Completely were probably agree. cocky, right? They they're another team that had success last year. Check. Check, you nailed both. And they didn't have, so they probably didn't know how to handle it. But they got the shit kicked out of them. It wasn't even close. I don't know. Mike Loxley learned something from the last time he was here to the last time he came back. Um, Because, I mean, the Howard game is sort of like playing Miami. You got to throw that out because you're not, you know, you and I could play quarterback there probably. (laughs) But you're playing a top. 20 program who has confidence and swagger and you come out and annihilate them and embarrass them. Um, I think that offensively now we'll have to see how they handle adversity. With, Correct. You know, if, if they're good enough, then had enough leadership. But if you're putting up 30 to 40 a game, mm-hmm. you should win most games. Yep. And I think Jackson knows how to run an offense and the players who can make plays, who have always been able to make plays are now in a better position to make plays. I think I mean it's all in the quarterback, and I think he's the best one they've had there since McBride. I could not agree with you more. He has been he has been way better than I thought he was going to be. Um, the, I think the units that have impressed me the most are the O line and D line. Those were my biggest fears, and the O line right now looks like they can play in any style of offense. <clears throat> I'll, I'll play Debbie Downer for just a second. First of all, Syracuse has a ton of athletes, as you would expect from a top 25 program, right? Their quarterback's very good. He's going to be real good next year. He, need, he needs another year of season. Tons of talent, just yep. not really ready. Yep, but, he's, but he shows flashes, and he's dangerous as hell. And that receiver of theirs is fucking awesome. It was the, I didn't realize he was a Michigan State transfer. Yes, seven yeah. for 157 and two. And if I was them, I would have thrown to him the whole game. Um, so Syracuse still put up over 400 yards, and they probably left 10 points on the table based on score effects and stuff. So for all intents and purposes, they gave up 400 yards and 30 points. That's not fantastic. However, I think Syracuse is a really good offense, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points on a lot of people. The fact that we put up 63 is the staggering thing to me because we left points on the board. Maryland fans better get used to the fact that the other team's going to score 20 to 25 because because when you score fast – you know, it, it that kills your defense. It you does. can't have it both ways. You can't have Alabama's agree defense with you. and you nope, know completely Oklahoma's agree with you. offense. But I would much rather have the pace and the organization of the offense as it is now. We had a play at the end of the first half. We got it down. So Frankie was at the game with me. And, uh, I mean, he was in awe the whole time. He's like, we're like a machine right now. I said, yeah. So uh, they threw this little screen pass to McFarland, takes it down to the six. I think there's just under a minute left. So they get it to the line of scrimmage, and Frankie goes, all right, we just need to like work the clock a little bit, maybe a run play, then you know score. Within 10 seconds, snap the ball, screen to McFarland, touchdown. 
And he goes, or just take your points, I guess. And I said, that's where they're at right now. In the first half, I think they're like, let's run as many plays as we can. And let's get as many points as we can. And then we'll figure it out in the second half what we're going to do. I would much rather see that style when you have as much talent and speed as they do. Maryland is a Big 12 team at the moment. In, in the Big 10, yeah. They are a Big 12 team because here's why. Oklahoma always has players on defense going to the NFL. Always, every year, they got defensive linemen, they got linebackers, and they get torched. Their offense does not help them. If they had Alabama's offense with their personnel on defense, they would be a much better defense hmm. because they would be playing less. Right. The more you score, when Oklahoma scores every fourth play, that means your defense has to go back out. Sure. You know, against other offenses in the Big 12 that are high-powered. So, when when you score... Over 40 points, you're most likely going to give up a lot of money or a lot of points because you're going to be playing a lot of plays. Mm -hmm. So that's just that's par for the course. You're right. Maryland, you can't have it both ways. Like Maryland you said. reminds me of a Big 12 program right now because they score at will. And eventually they're just going to wear you down. Eventually they're going to score and you're going to score and they're going to score and you're not going to score and they're going to score and you're going to score and they're going to score and you're not going to score and then you then you lose. Yeah, and you're down a couple possessions. Right, and, because you're not yeah. used to playing that way. And that shit could work in the Big Ten because they're not used to playing that way. Right. Other than Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly, that's the way Durkin recruited and I think Loxley's gone along the same lines. You just get athletes in a few key positions, which are what? Running back, receiver, you know, rush end. And now you've got a general who can lead them. Yep. you got a general that can lead them. Uh, the, the kid from Buffalo, Mabry, the tight end. I mean, kid's a freaking monster. Uh, the other tight end they have, I can't Chig. pronounce his last That's name. Chig. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a beast. So, I mean, they just have so many weapons. I think one of the key players on defense for them has been the, uh, Keandre Jones, the Ohio State transfer. Exactly who I was referring to. <laughs> Dude, that guy on the edge is something Maryland hasn't had in a long, long time. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're going back to like Merriman, you know, EJ yeah. Henderson type. In the backfield, at least every other passing. Player. I mean, he, he doesn't look that big. But he just he gets around the edge and he's a monster. Not but this game big, coming but, up is the scary one. Temple yep. on the road Absolutely. because sure. it's Temple on the road before Penn State, and everybody like me is just thinking about the Penn State game. Yeah, but you know you got the bye week between the two. Yeah, there's, the good news no, is they have a week no off in between. Ahead. No looking ahead. You know, um, again, early returns so so positive. Couldn't have started better. I mean, we right. talked about some of their potential when we had Mitch on the show and we were saying how unbelievably dynamic they are and the athletes that we have not seen in College Park forever and we're seeing that now. And it's kind of like how do you process it all, you know? Penn State does not impress me. Michigan does not impress me. Ohio State's Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought Cincinnati you, would give them a run. You I mean did. Michigan and uh, Army going to overtime didn't well, I'd hate to play Army. <laughs> no no Army kidding. Army sucks. But Michigan is always Michigan has entered the zone of Notre Dame and Texas. They where they just get a top yeah. 10 ranking based on their name without well even, yeah. you know. They've entered that because they have John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh. I always get them. They'll have a temper tantrum if they're not right. top 10. But, Khaki and glasses boy. But they, they they'll win 8 or 9 games. And they'll be a twenty. They're the twenty, right? They're beatable. Yes, yes. So, no, I <clears throat> I tend to agree with you, and and I like your point about the way the Maryland offense is playing with just no regard for the give and take, or regard for it, but accepting that as their fate. Yeah. Kind of going, hey, we're going to run a ton of plays really fast, and that means we're going to have to get back on D. And we're going to give up some points, and that's the nature of the give beast. Up some points. So go back out, run those plays again, and and hit them where it hurts, and. 
against a team like Purdue or Illinois, those teams I don't think can score at that rate. If now you those put up forty two. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Those teams are going to try to slow it down, though. They're of course, gonna, they're going to run. They're going to run a first down and then just sit in the huddle for a while, mm-hmm. and then get a first mm-hmm. down. Of course, the, oh, absolutely. It'll be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there will be games later in the season where I they're think winnable. Temple will try to do that. I, I think so too. And that might be one of those games that's fourteen ten at half, and we're sitting here going, "Oh my God, we've only run thirty five plays. What's going on?" And then we roll off twenty one in a row. You know, I mean that that could very well happen. Um, they have they have to be patient in that regard. Yeah. Wait, wait for the other team to, to play that slowdown style and then just attack. If you watch Oklahoma and their fans, they're fine with a close game in the beginning because they just expect that they're going to wear you down. We're and, not getting stopped kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we're not going to get stopped. You're not going to stop us forever. Um, and even with Alabama, even Alabama last year, right, they stuck them at the beginning. It was like 28 nothing, and Oklahoma was coming back. They ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But they don't give up. They can score in bunches, and I think Maryland can score in bunches. Yeah, I I think you're right. Well, I mean, you know, they put up 42 in the first half, you know, and that's the thing is like no matter what else you do, you come out, you know, that strong, that many points, even if even if your offense or defense happens to be on the field for 20 minutes, they're 40 for the game. So what? The team's not going to catch up to that. And that's, you know, they're not going to put up 42 every week in the first half, obviously. Yeah, eventually, like you said, with the tit for tat scenario, you run out of possessions if you're always chasing. So you want to be the aggressor in that scenario. But they got to keep it up. Got to keep it up cautiously optimistic, but hey, you can't help but but feel good about Loxley coming home, about the whole disaster of last year, and you know us running currently it seems to be a very feel-good program with guys that really want to be there, and a lot of the guys that have transferred back are local products, you know, so that, you know, stay home movement is is a good thing. So, you know, cheers to the boys, and let's, let's keep it up, and, uh, you know, onward and upward. Any more college football talk from the weekend? Just some of those, you know, you, we already talked about Michigan Army. I think there were a couple more upsets out there. UCLA is uh, just a disaster. I don't know <laughs> what's so going bad. on there. Hearing Doc another, Walker talk about that just pains aren't me. Aren't they playing Bama this week? Or I, I, I don't know, was, but that'd but be they got another How about game. Florida State beating Louisiana oh, yeah. Monroe in overtime? <laughs> Buffalo was given Penn State. Okay, yeah. real quick. Uh, this is Todd's weekly segment where I shit on James Franklin. Um <laughs> So there was there was a scenario in the first half. So it's uh it's uh I think Penn State's up ten to seven and Buffalo's in like really long field goal range. They're like the thirty nine, third and six on the thirty nine, and and they pick up three yards. So it's gonna be like fourth and two on the thirty six or something like that, and they have a hold. Well, he takes the penalty. Backs him up. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Next play, the guy goes for 30. <laughs> and then they score. And, then, and Buffalo was actually ahead at halftime. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so great. You know, I would love for him to do that against Maryland. It was Maryland. beautiful. Yeah. So uh, I was watching the end of the Michigan Army game. And I'm sitting on my couch. And they show the kicker. And he's coming in at the last, last, play, of the, last play of the regulation. And that was a long kick, And that right? was a long kick. It was like 52 yards. And they right. show the stat. He's never kicked a field goal. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my great. God, are you shitting me? There's no, but a, he was shitting himself. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. he When he got iced, I don't think he even knew what that meant. He was like, where is everybody going? Because <laughs> everybody like left the field. And he was just sitting there like looking around. And he wasn't like warming up. I felt terrible for that kid. You couldn't like. Was it close? I didn't see he, it. I, I don't think he had the distance. I don't it, think it so either. It looked like he had the distance. from, But it was, I mean, it started right. It was never going okay. in. But I, it, it got close. But when you looked at it from a different angle, I think it actually fell short and right. So yeah, it really I think wasn't so too. that close. 
Kind of like my golf game. Yeah. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, hey, go Terps. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we have much, you know, much more of uh, of this kind of talk where you know it, it's at least exciting. They're relevant. How however long they stay ranked, who knows? You know, the first four to five weeks of college football is all over the place with about 30 different teams vying for those, you know, 25 down to 10 positions. They win positions. the next two. They're in the top 15. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Um, so let's, uh, let, let's turn it over to back to the pro ranks real quick. Um, so the Nats had a less than uh, spectacular series at the Braves. And the Nats um, media and pundits on the radio drive me nuts because they were talking about this Braves series like a disaster. Like they have any fucking chance of catching the Braves? You mean, I'm tired of you no. Mean if but, they had swept them and only been seven games back, it would have made a difference. No, but but <laughs> but but to their point, you know, the Nats and the Braves have been the hottest team, and what we've always said: if you stack up the the Nats' top pitchers, mm-hmm. they're going to win a series. Yeah, right. And they had it set up. They had Corbin. They had Strasburg. They, they had did. Scherzer, they and did. they lost three out of four. Yeah. So that's why it's disappointing. It, not that you're going to catch the Braves, but that you send a signal when you play them. Hey, motherfucker, you you're going to win. Yeah, but when we play you, we're going to beat you because we're going to have our guns. And the Braves took it to them. Yeah. They, they, they did. It, whatever. It might so be. Yeah. the br- point. So as hot as the Nats have been, and we talked about their record in the in those previous eighty games. You know, franchise record, best best ever. They actually lost ground to the Braves in that span. <laughs> oh, the, Bra- the Braves are amazing. Right. They may catch the Dodgers. They might, but I think the Braves and Dodgers are ready for an epic fall come playoff time. I, okay. I could I could just feel it. I can't speak to the to the Dodgers because I haven't been paying attention, but I think the Braves are solid. I I think this was their hey, we know you got your guys and we're gonna smoke your ass. Bring Scherzer, mm. bring Strasburg, bring Corbin, and they beat them. Yeah, mm. I don't think the Nats can beat the Braves. I really don't. And that's not just because of what they've done the last few weeks. But we've been seeing how this has been setting up. And we've talked about that one-game deal and then a series. I think they're set up to beat the Dodgers. You hope you get a little lucky. This is kind of similar to the way we always talked about the Caps over the years. Let, you know, is it St. Louis or let St. Louis take out Atlanta for you. Yes. And then I know we haven't beaten St. Louis in the past in similar situations, but you know what? Get over that hurdle against the Dodgers. Again, won't be easy. I'm I'm pie in the sky here. Then you play St. Louis. You know, who? why not? I just I like the underdog role yeah. for the Nats. I just I, I think it I, I think it sets up better for them. But 100%. you know, the, you know, the second season game. is just that, and and until then, it, it's really it's not that exciting to me because I you know they can split a series, they can sweep a series. It just doesn't mean shit until you get to that playing game. Well, I mean, and, and if and if you make it through, you know, you get your first round opponent and let's go. So on the junkies, someone called in and said, "Oh, Bob, wife, Bobby, yeah, yeah, my wife stabs me." Because I watch too much Nats on TV. <laughs> he called from his hospital bed after his uh, wife stabbed him. Stabbed. Wa- she, she left for the bar. Applebee's, classy. When uh, <laughs> Shout out to Applebee's. I'll, I'll take, He's I'll married take, for I'll 38 years, so that <laughs> yeah. explains a lot of yeah. it. So he, go, he goes, she, or she goes to the bar. He's sitting there watching the Nats. She gets back from the bar, hammered. He's still watching the Nats, so she stabs him. It's pretty much the. Yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Because she said, "I watch too much Nats. That's all I do is watch baseball." <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so I, I wish I had more to say on baseball, but again, until until it all shakes out, and and you know, obviously, I will be following the Nats closely for that that first wild card game, and hopefully a win, and then getting in 
it, until then, it's kind of anticlimactic because I think they're going to get there. Yeah, there's nothing. And, to watch there's really, really you know, stay healthy. Exactly, stay, stay healthy. You know, know, cross my fingers for Scherzer and hope he uh, he finds that you know late September, early October magic a little bit because yeah, he's, he's he has not rebounded well. From he has back. not. He has not. His uh, age is uh, starting to worry me a little bit, but you know, we'll see. Um, and real quick, in some hockey news, um, apparently Koozie met with uh, Bettman today. Yeah, any, any word on that yet? I have not heard. Um, I'll look. What you do? Yeah, I don't know that it was a real uh, like landmark meeting, but obviously he was not at Kettler at practice as he has been, even though it's still uh, you know preseason camp. It's it's still voluntary. The guys are going out and, and working out as a unit, but um, he was not out there, so. Well, you know, we'll see what comes of it. Ovi was out there, though. Did you hear about him today? Yeah. Didn't he just yard sale himself? Well, he, he, got, he hurt himself, got carried off the ice, was back five minutes later. Then they interviewed him afterwards, and he's got a big old cut on his face. Well, apparently, he fell off his bike last night in his like, neighborhood or something. <laughs> it's like, so he's almost killed himself twice in the last 24 hours, and he's the you know He's best a player. big, dumb animal, Jeez. folks. That's why we love <laughs> Don't him. mind Good him. Lord. Uh, he's the last guy I worry about. Um, I am not saying anything. Yeah, apparently it was it was it, it wasn't a hush hush meeting per se because the media knew about it, but it wasn't uh, some landmark groundbreaking. Oh my god, disciplinary meeting. Who's the uh, who's the defenseman that Carolina signed in the past week or ten days? Carolina or I thought it was the, the Columbus because Columbus signed Wierenski. Yeah, Zach Wierenski, Columbus. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking somebody else. Are you thinking of Justin Williams? Uh, you know, uh, stepping away from the game, stepping away for now, but not really yeah. well, retiring. While you're while you're looking there, Wierenski, you know, he was kind of one of the bigger, um, you know, RFAs out there, and he he signed a deal that we might see coming. It actually might be a little bit of a precursor to what Marner does, not same position, but same mm-hmm. idea. Yep. In that he's getting 15 over three, which isn't really that much, but again, he's still RFA. But the last year, seven, mm-hmm. and when you when you go up for um, arbitration and or you're you know your last RFA year, the the qualifying offer has to be at least what your previous year's salary was. Boom. So he's guaranteed himself seven million more. Oh yeah. Hurricane signing uh Jake Gardner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for them. What was it about five, he, five years? Isn't he from Toronto? He's gotta be yeah. amazing. Yeah. He's well, a good player. I like him. No, that, that's actually that is a big one. I'd kind of forgotten about that. The Warinsky's the one that took over for me. So what, nice, did, what, good did, player. I, what did Gardner get? Does it say there? Uh, twenty over four or something like that. Four year contract, sixteen point two million. That's a, that's actually it's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal, but similar to your point, my guess is it's backloaded in terms of actual salary dollars. So even though it's it's even across the cap, you know that helps him. At He's the end got of the deal. back issues. Well, he was he was much maligned in Toronto as our most. Yeah, uh, he was defenseman. actually kind of the Toronto whipping boy. He was yep. he was there, you know. Carlson or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, well, it sounds like they're getting better, though. Maybe they picked up some leadership since they lost just Williams. These yeah. guys played in big games. I mean, well, we'll see. And apparently, Falk's on the trading block. I don't know if he, I guess he's, I don't know if he's unsigned or what his story is. I should probably should look that up. I'd take that I guy in a heartbeat. Oh, Love yeah. the way he plays. Oh, we can afford him. <laughs> we can give him, we can give him like six bucks a year. I don't year. think they can afford us right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the bottom of the barrel. I can assure you that. That's, that's actually probably true. <laughs> Uh, so with that, here's to uh, cheers to some more meaningful hockey talk in the weeks to come. And, hey, Gary uh, Bettman, don't fuck me. This is the Caps are the only team I got. <laughs> you can fuck Jerry. I don't care. Just don't fuck Koozie. <laughs>
Wow, I don't know where to go with that one. But uh, with that, we will sign off for the week, and uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully we kept you entertained with our uh, NFL, college football, Nats, Caps, all that good shit, and there is only more to come. So let's give a little shout-out to Jake Funk. Let's go yes, Damascus. Yes. They have a meaningful job, game this week, they're finally. Gonna get, they're going to get killed. I don't know about that. Who are they playing? Quince Orchard. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big one. That's a big one. Quince uh, Orchard about 20. Yeah. Listen, you listen to it here. You, you heard it here first, folks. We will see. But for all those listening out there, thank you very much. Subscribe, wings, beers, tears. Find us on the interwebs. We will entertain you. See you, Peace. guys. Cheers. Cheers.